0: Welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. We are keeping it real tonight. It is 9.45 p.m. We've had a full day at Social Media Marketing World, our very first day. And if you tune into our last episode, you heard the first couple of takeaways from session number one. And today, in today's episode, we're going to try and tackle session number two and number three for both Jane and I, which were two different sessions. So let's get stuck straight in. Do you want to go first this time, Jane? Um, Sure. Yes. Okay. So um,
1: last episode, I spoke about the Walt Disney guy, Duncan, who shared um, some tools to harness creativity, which were amazing. The next session I went to was, um, oh gosh, I'm going to have to flip the pages in my book to find out this person's name. And while I'm doing that, I'll um, tell you about the subject. It was... I don't know the exact title, but it was about um, getting the right mindset to achieve goals. Now I was saying to Stace before I have absolutely no problem setting goals um, and 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 achieving them in terms of you know kind of little goals because that's just how I work. I'm a very kind of results driven person. but there are some big goals um, that I am. Uh, feeling like I'm taking a bit longer to achieve, and um, I feel like I'm being held with back, but with with my mindset. And this session was all about changing your mindset. And we'll I'm just
0: Cliff Ravencraft, Raven's Craft, that's and the it. session was called "How to Develop a Mindset That Will Allow You to Achieve Any Goal."
1: Yes, that's Ooh. it. That's exactly. That was exactly it. So, um, I found this one, look, it's, it probably wasn't introducing new content, so to speak. Like it was... Nothing you haven't heard before. Nothing but just I hadn't heard way. before. Delivered in a way where it probably um, gave me a lot of messages at the right time to be able to condense some thinking. So... One of the steps, I mean, he t- it was a lot, the, the, the session really focused on limiting beliefs and essentially yep. changing those limiting beliefs to empowering beliefs. And I think, you know, I am governed by limiting. There's some certain limiting beliefs
0: that have governed my everyday life. Now, one of- Which he- is crazy for people that meet you because you do come across as such a confident- Powerful, get out of my way. I've got things to do, and with, Come and, get things, me in person.
1: and with some things, I am, you know. I've but there are some goals where I just where I really just don't uh, okay. So one of the steps, one of the steps, there's, there's a, I'm probably going to mix all of this up, but there are steps to getting rid of limiting beliefs. And one of the first steps is to become aware. And I'm just trying to look in my notes as to where that actually was. But one of the first steps was actually about, no, they're my goals, was actually about, okay, so here we go. Step one, awareness. So you've actually got to have an awareness
0: Of those beliefs. Of the
1: fact that you have got limiting beliefs. So you've got to view the goal in a way as to not, you know, how can I achieve this, but why have I not been achieving this? Why? Yeah. You know, so, okay. So, And I'll use the example of weight, and this isn't one of my big ones, but it's just a really easy one to explain. So say, for example, if you want to lose the last five kilos or something like that. So if you've had that as your perpetual goal, and you, you're constantly thinking well how am i going to do this what you know why can't i do it it's it's not necessarily about um how you're doing it it's about why what's stopping you from doing it what is that thing that's stopping it, you from doing it it's the limiting belief so then you've got to discover the source of that limiting belief and that's where he goes back and says okay there was either some verbal programming or some modelling or specific incidents. So, like modeling as in, you know, parents yep. um, role modelling, certain behaviour. Yep. Yeah. And he did point Yeah. And he did point back to, you know, when you're a kid, obviously messages have built up across a long time, and now you're in this position where you've got this belief. And every belief has, you know, consequences, and mm-hmm. we and we make actions based on these beliefs. Yada yada yada. Anyway. So I thought, again, you know, a lot of this was probably stuff I'd read before, but I guess I was probably just a little bit more ready for it. So he had us go through and um, he had formulas, you know, for how these limiting beliefs were kind of set. Um, And again, I'm someone who likes logic to Mm -hmm. explain a lot of this. So even just the way that he presented those formulas, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that makes sense. Great. I'm with you. This is not woo woo. You know, I'm, I'm, there's a <laughs> formula. Know, Jane hates way. Where is a formula. I'm down with it. So, um, yeah, so then he gets to, then he says, you know, write down your goals. And this is one of my, this is one of always one of my biggest challenges. You know, what's your goal in life? What do you want to do in the next five, ten years? What's your legacy? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> So I, you know, I started the obligatory, t- you know, you, I go to so many of these things where you have to list your bloody goals. So, I oh, okay, yeah, lose five kilos, um, travel overseas once a year, pay off the mortgage. Um, and then I sort of started going, but what, what to, you know, and cause he started saying, you know, sky's the limit. What, what could you, what could you really, what would you really choose if you could? You know, and I, you, I'm always tempted to say, you know, build a successful business. But then I question myself and going, yeah, but what's a successful business? What is this? Yeah. You know, everyone wants what a successful success? business. That's such, such a shit goal, bad goal. Um, uh, then I was going, okay, what about work four days a week? Good. I thought that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, well, I'm writing a book, so become a best selling author. And then number nine was to be an artist. What? I know. I know. What? And then number 10 was to build passive income so I can be more creative.
0: I'm not saying what because I'm like, what, that's ridiculous, Jane. I'm saying what, I've known you for how long. I know. And you've never even given me an inkling. Because my limiting belief is. I can't do that.
1: And that has been from from a compliant framework, and I don't know. I'm just guessing. This is yeah. not from a psychotherapy, you know, session or She's anything. She's had three
0: hours to work on this. This is why women. I
1: needed to go into a quiet room after right. these after these sessions because because I so art was my like highest performing subject in the HSC, like was top. It? Ten, I think it was. Well, I think English and art were the top ten. The only two subjects I got in the top ten percent for the the state. It was. It was my subject, but I never thought of it as being anything other than a hobby because I thought, well, artists don't make money. You know, I've always just viewed career and choices around, well, how do I make money? I need to make an income, which probably comes, you know, from childhood situations. Like there's so much limiting belief around this. But one of the thing that's always held me back creatively, and I think I'm probably tapping into it more now with my writing, and actually I'm only just allowing myself to view myself as being creative. I've never thought of myself as creative. I've always thought, no, no, I'm not creative. Like I'm not Picasso. I'm not, you know, so I'm not Wow. the the, the high-paid ad execs. Um, I don't know. Like I think there's... I've always been so fearful of judgment for my creative outlets that I've conformed. Mm -hmm. So I've always chosen a safe option so that I'd get tick, tick, tick. I've never expressed because I've always just been so fearful of rejection around that or someone not liking it. Do you know what I mean? So
0: it's so fearful of that.
1: And in the last year, where I've kind of just tried to be a lot more open to things, I've um, I've been thinking about starting to paint because wow, I did two years awesome. of fashion design. Like I almost like there's been all these points in my my life where I've almost, almost like I did art, and then I went no, I've got to go to business school because that's how I'll get an income. So I went and studied business, and then when I got disenfranchised with marketing, I went and enrolled at East Sydney TAFE, which was one of the kind of top um, fashion design courses that you could do at the time, and did that at night. And um, But again, I was so f- – and the whole time I was just going, who am I to be a fashion designer? Like, I'm not a fashion designer. I'm not like Akira or – you know they're amazing. I'm wow. never going to be like that. So what this am I doing? This is
0: awesome, Jane.
1: Yes, and the last twelve months, I've just gone. I've really just, I've just felt compelled to just pick up a, you know, a paintbrush, and Have then you? Uh, no, but I've I've looked into things. Like I've gone to art shops and looked at paints, and I've oh, well. flirted with the idea. That's a step. And then I went to the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Mm um a couple of days ago and uh, by chance just went on to floor two where I reckon just about every single one of my favorite artists had an original on this floor and I just walked around just going oh my god and um Henry Matisse is one of those artists and he's just so like I had not seen one of his artworks for so long and I realized how much of my modern art that I've got in my house not that I've done but I've purchased or whatever is so reflective of Matisse's style and I was like wow like I would love to and then when I sat there, and I was just writing it just going yeah but I was thinking I don't want to just drop out of and stop doing what I'm doing with marketing because I really love that side of things and I love the creativity around that
0: yeah
1: so I still want to do that but I want to build that to a point where I can
0: practice my art wow you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen yes i'm gonna so hold a... jane accountable for this one i know we've been giving her heaps about a book for the last 18 months but that's really done I've ticked so that i box. can move on to a new thing yeah. <laughs> yeah how's the painting going jane that'll be your next question
1: i know so um and one of the things that he said was he was very tony robbins in his approach was you have to now go and tell like he had a whole 15 steps as to how to make this happen and he said, You have to go and tell three people, you know, that yeah. this is your goal. And, and um, this is.
0: Well, you've just told more than that.
1: I know. <laughs> I was like, Do you know what, though? That scared me. That was the one point, because I was, I was writing all the 15 steps down, just going, Okay, yep, yeah, can do that, can do that. And when they said tell three people. But again, I Did was you just go, like, Oh, God, I don't know. I was like, that. Oh, no, I don't know about that. <gasps>
0: <gasps> That's but. So interesting.
1: Yes. So I really do think that, and I've, I think I've always felt this, it's almost like coming out of the closet kind of thing. I, I've always felt like I've had this, well, sorry, it's probably not like that, but it, it's, it, it's this kind of inner um, person fear. that I've yeah. always pushed back down because uh, it is, there's just that fear of when, when you're creative and, and people kind of douse that creativity, You've got to be a very confident person to be creative, I think, or just not care. Do you know what I mean? What people think. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, I just care too much about what people think. And I know that now, but that's the first step is awareness. So then you've just got to recognize what those limiting beliefs are and then disassociate with them and form new ones
0: i love it um what are the other steps because we kind of only got through to step one or two.
1: Oh gosh do you know what i'm gonna have to write it again in another post because um it was it was i think because there were so many different steps but these this four was awareness discover the source of where it was disassociate with that This is what I used to believe. This is why I know it's not true. And this is my new belief. Right. And then leverage was number four. And the leverage was, I was trying to, I was kind of struggling to get my head around that. Um, But it was basically changing a want to a must. It was basically just saying, you've just got to, you've got to commit to this and you've got to, and what he kept saying, and again, I struggled getting my head around this was, you must associate that not changing Equals massive, immediate and unbearable pain. So, you know, you set your goal and you've got to think to yourself, if I don't achieve this, but it has to be all three. It can't just be immediate or it can't just be um, unbearable. It's got to be unbearable and immediate um, Mm -hmm. and massive amounts of pain. So whether that be humiliation because you haven't been held accountable or you know, you don't stop smoking so you get lung cancer and emphysema and but that's still not going to be for a while so that's massive and painful but it's not immediate. So yeah. that I was struggling to get my head around that yeah. bit because I was thinking, well, I don't know, it's not going to be painful if I don't become an artist, you know, like <laughs> whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but is it more about imagining that that is the outcome rather than just going, eh, oh, I can just leave it for another week or month or year? Yeah, and it makes me...
1: Yeah, I don't know because I still haven't really got my head around it. You were that's... too busy
0: thinking about what you were going to paint. Well, I was, I was just too busy bit. going.
1: Where the hell did that come from? Like, yeah. that's weird.
0: It's awesome though.
1: Yes. I'm so impressed. anyway, so that was that. That was a very very impactful session. Session number two for you, Stace. Oh,
0: where do I go to from that? You had like a life changing epiphany. Yeah, I just learned about visual so. content. <laughs> Making equally important content. well you know arts visual content <laughs> yes there's that's a nice segue yeah i enjoy that um it, she started this was rebecca Redice. and um, you can find her at rebecca com. she's also got a podcast which i've now subscribed to and um she does. Uh, she has a lot of great blog posts that she referenced in terms yep. of visual content marketing. So, if that's your thing, or if you want to learn more, I'd very much suggest you go um, suss her out. She talked. Um, she started talking about meeting your audience where they are and not making them look for what they're looking for so deciding what your audience's pain points are how you're going to help serve them and then pretty much serving it up on a silver platter and this is somewhere that we really fall down and where we're trying to get better in my business in that we often because we know what date the concert is or we know what shoes you require for that show or you know what time you have to be there it's all in a note and that note is on the website but as a dance parent, you have to go looking for it. And there's Mm. one thing about, you know, most of our dance parents that is a commonality is that they're very time poor. They've got families, they've got businesses, they've got jobs, they've got husbands, they've got cats and dogs and, you know, a million things to be doing. They don't have time to be going and looking and searching for information from us or things that they need to know in order for their child to participate in dance. So um, meeting your customers where where they are was a big, big takeaway for me i've got lots of stars on my page and it says um look for the photo because she had great slides and i saw i was taking okay yeah photos constantly um all the way through it talked about using your keywords um correctly and and going on a real big keyword search in terms of finding out what your customers are searching for yeah which is not something that i do regularly and let's face it people that are looking for dance are not just going to type in port macquarie performing arts they're going to be typing in Dance, and if you're in a, not in a Port Macquarie area, you're going to be looking for dance in your local area and dance for kids. Dance for ki- yeah. yeah, so um, looking into keyword searches for each of the different channels that you're using as well, because the keyword searches that you do on Google might not be the same ones that you need to do for Instagram or yeah. for YouTube. She talked a lot about Pinterest and that being a major search tool, and especially she talked about. The success that she's had with Pinterest for women, and we talk primarily to women because women are often the um, key decision makers in households and in families. And so that's, you know, one of our, we've got two target markets in the sense that, or two customers that we are, one of our customers is the child that we're teaching, but also the person that pays the bill is the parent. So Mm. um, being able to look at that, we talked about brand and different brand colors. Um, we talked about if your business was a person what kind of person would they be so um, Port Macquarie Performing Arts if that was a person um, I would think that they would be fun and energetic but also loyal and committed and um, that was an interesting task in finding those personality traits of what we are trying to create and then I need to think about how I'm communicating those um, so that i'm really giving people an overall understanding um because you're either attracting people or you're repelling them at the same time that's happening and um it was chris ducker in the original um first session that i went to that talked about um everything you being being subjected to your to your magnet you're either drawing people in um to what what you do and what you provide or you're like forcing them away, you're repelling them. So decisions Mm. that you make in your business and in your life and in your brand will either really resonate with people and it will bring them closer to you or people will just go, nah, that's not my thing. Which is fine. that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, We talked about the different types of content. So making sure that you have an even distribution across your channels of emotional content motivational content, instructional content, and educational content, mm-hmm. which I thought was great because quite often we just do the emotional stuff. So here's little um, little Susie doing, you know, a kick for the first time. Oh, lovely. But we don't often say, here's how to tie a pair of ballet shoes. Yes. You know, so making sure that we are um, having some consistency in terms of the types of content. Um, we also went through several different... Um, Several different tools. And I'll put them in the show notes, but they were all um this is where I really like I text my husband and said, just got my money's worth. Because ah. there were so many tools that I was like, yes, I can use that. Um she talked about Canva, she talked about Easel, E-A-S-I-L, as a, an alternative yep. to to Canva. Um she talked about Tailwind and Agora Pulse, which are um scheduling scheduling programs yeah they called schedulers um hype type which is for making animated gifs and things oh, from your photos okay. yep. um the same with fast story which is f a s t o r y I O, um and anchor.fm which we're going to be using for our podcast i'll tell you what that does later oh, lovely yeah so i just like really lots lots and lots of um technical stuff technical stuff and like to-do list stuff. So mm. I was just like, okay, I need to do that and I need to do that and I need to do these six things. And so my to-do list went from 15 things to 50 things just yes. in, that, in that hour and a half session. Yes,
1: yes. It was really yes. awesome. And um, can you just probably scratch the Pinterest off it for now? I'd just like to remind you all before you go and start setting up your accounts, we are in America where these accounts are be- – where these talks are being given. yes. I don't think Pinterest has got the traction to that level f- to get a dance school on there like it takes it takes a lot of curation curation and creativity to actually make that worth your while. Mm-hmm. I would stick like my biggest tip with social media is don't go wide, go narrow, focus get the quality out there as opposed to oh I could be on Pinterest because women are on Pinterest so I should be there. I should be all the places all the times. Don't no. (laughs) I love Pinterest, don't you love Pinterest? Yeah for looking at houses, not for dance schools. No. No. Like meet your customers where they are. Mm. Unless you're an architect or an interior designer or a graphic designer, in Australia, my experience is that people aren't using it for other you know other that's what they're using it for so but you should see my dream house
0: take that off the to-do list i'll just <laughs> i'll just add you to that board yeah, yeah 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 jane full of wisdom today so we have come to the end of the podcast because our time is up and we didn't cover our extra two oh uh, mine my, my other
1: one was probably quite specific to um marketing and copywriting so I'm not okay. sure how many takeouts there'd probably be for the average
0: okay do you, do you mind if I just run through what I learned from Pat Flynn go for big it. big fan of Pat Flynn have been for a while smart passive income is his brand and his product and if you get a chance to scroll through his website smart, smart passive income oh he's got all the things um and does what he does very well. And I found him just as engaging online as I find – sorry, not online, in person as I find him offline. So um, he talked about focus in business, and this is along the lines of what you were saying, I guess. Um, And John Lee Dumas, who we saw speak at We Are Podcast, often talks about focus in terms of um, uh, acronym, so Focus One Course Until Success. Yes. So he said, today I'm going to give you lots of ideas – but I really suggest that you don't try and implement 16 of them at once, exactly. that you choose one or two and yeah. then focus on those until you get success from them or until you it's run its course. Makes sense. And then you um, move on to the next one. He talked about learning about your customers and speaking your customers' language. And I found this really interesting. It's not the first time I've heard the message, but today I really heard it. Mm. Um, going and looking at things that your customers purchase – and looking at the reviews for them online. So I um, he talked about products on Amazon and looking at the reviews and looking at the kind of language. That, so mm. for, for my example, our key um, demographic is women 25 to 40. They're mums. They've got a couple of kids at home, and they're looking to get their kids into... Activities. What kind of books are they buying? And then going and reading the reviews for those books. Not the five-star reviews, not the one-star reviews, but the three. So the three in the middle is going to be quite honest. It's going to tell you the stuff that was good and the stuff that was not so good. And it's not, you know, five from a super fan that's going to say everything's great. It's not one yeah. from a troll that's just going to rip it to shreds. Yeah. 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 Um, but the three is kind of honest. And then using those words in your copy and then using those words in your um Keyword searches, mm. looking for your people, as in your customers, where they are. So looking um, through hashtags and through Facebook groups. So we're talking about a thing called Cora. I haven't looked that up yet.
1: I've heard of it, but yeah. I haven't used it.
0: Um, and looking at at reviews. So I thought that was really interesting in using their language. Quite often we talk about our customers because we think we understand our customers, but quite often we're just making stuff up.
1: Yeah, another place that you can do that because Amazon isn't as prolific in Australia. Australia. Um, Because again, my guy had said that too. Obviously, if you're in hospitality, TripAdvisor is somewhere that you can go and get that information. But Facebook groups is where people talk to each other in their own language. Like there yeah. is so much insight that you can glean from people's conversations about their challenges, about their, you know, what makes them happy, about what, you know, their aspirations are, their frustrations. So there's so much gold in that, in that group. And that's probably being used more in Australia as somewhere that you could probably go and tap into that.
0: Yeah. So on.
1: join groups where your customers... Uh, Basically, don't go and join join your marketing or your kind of dance groups necessarily with all the dance. Just go and join the groups where, mother's groups, for example. Yeah,
0: Shout out to mums in Port Macquarie. Yeah. Fan of that group. Um, Then they talked about, or then, sorry, Pat talked about talking to your customers. And that in this day and age, it's actually um, rare for people to pick up the phone and speak to a customer. So mm-hmm. making calls to your customers when they first sign up. He said he went through a phase where every time he got, you know, 25 new followers on Twitter, he'd reach out to 10 of them and say, Hey, do you mind if I give you a call tomorrow? And they'd be like, Who? What? Like an Autobot or a something? And he'd be like, No, me, like Pat Flynn, I'm going to call you. And he said some of them were just fans and would just, you know, go off. But then some of them gave him great insight mm. because he would ask questions like, Hey, um, how did you find out about me? Mm. How did you, what, what could I do? Um, if I could make, he said, if I could wave a magic wand, what could I do to make your life easier? You talked about finding your customers pain points. He um, called them little frustrations. So what are the little frustrations in your um, audience's daily life that you can tap into? And how do you find that out? You talk to them. Mm-hmm. So pick up the phone and start talking, let your customer talk and then use the words that they use either in your copy to convince people that what you've got works or to sell what you already have. Yeah. Um, Then he told a great story about the Backstreet Boys and how the Backstreet Boys were his wife's favourite band and how um, they'd been around for years when she was, you know, 13, 14, 15. She'd never really taken much um, of a a liking to them. But then she broke up with her boyfriend and then all of a sudden – that tell me why that oh, song yeah. Yeah. came on Um, and she was like they were speaking right to me like yes. and she heard every lyric yes. and then suddenly it was her favorite song and now suddenly yes. you know 20 years later they're her favorite band still because they spoke to her at a time Is when she funny. really yes needed it and she could really hear it and so we mm. talked about that for your customers so what can you say and what language can you use to really get your message through that's going to stick yeah, rather than it just being another message that's getting through. So Sorry to sing thing. just then, <laughs> for all of you. Oh, gosh, don't do that again. Awkward. Um, so, yeah, let your customers talk and then listen. So I made all the notes. I could go on, but that was, yeah, I'm going to be reading three lists, um, uh, Chris Ducker's book and making my three lists of freedom, and I will get back to you on that. Um because that's not the only book I've got on my list. Company of One by Paul Jargis. These are all books I'm going to read. Hopefully, Great. they'll be on our um, my favourites list. Yes, which we haven't done one for a while, so it's about time we do. do. Yes. All right, we are over time, but thank you so much for listening to Miss Bossy Boots. That is day one at Social Media Marketing World here in San Diego, California. We just had a lovely meal out, and it's now a late night, and it's time for us to go to bed.
1: Yes. That I, I, I'm I not good at this time of night. You know that, Stace. What is it? I can't even. It's quarter past ten. That is way past my bedtime. Way past your so bedtime. So we will
0: bid you good night. We have a <laughs> keynote at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. We have a full day. Jane and I are making our choir debuts as part of the Social Media Marketing Choir, if you've seen on our Instagram. Um, Big step out of Jade's comfort zone. Good times. That's tomorrow. And then we've got our 80s party tomorrow night. And it's Stacey's birthday
1: tomorrow. So
0: (laughs) big celebration. Absolutely. Have a lovely day no matter where you are. And uh, we will bring you more insights from social media marketing world in our next episode. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.